listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. Welcome to the Batman Universe Commentaries. I am Dustin, and today I have with me... This is Donovan. And this is Stella. And today we are bringing you the commentary for Justice League Doom. So Justice League Doom was released in early 2012. We covered this movie completely as far as news goes on the website. It's because obviously Batman is involved in this, and that's obviously why we're doing the commentary for it as well. So... Just some real quick tidbits. Uh, one of the comic series that this was very closely related to, Justice League Tower of Babel, and we'll talk more about that, or JLA Tower of Babel, I should say. We'll talk more about that when we get into the actual commentary, but that one of the connections to this series, and obviously there's some changes, which as I mentioned, we'll actually go over as well. There's a lot of cool things that uh, happened in this movie. I personally like the movie. It wasn't, it's not one of my favorites, but I, I liked it overall. But I'll talk more about that when we get into it. I enjoy the movie fine. I like Crisis of Two Worlds a bit better, although this is basically, I don't want to say a sequel, but this could t- basically take place in the same era as that one because it also had Hal Jordan as Green Lantern. And it was also written by Dwayne McDuffie, which is notable for me. This is the last work that Dwayne McDuffie commissioned for Warner Brothers before he passed away in February of 2011. And in the two-disc version of this, there's a special feature about his life and his work. I think he posthumously won, like, the Lifetime Achievement Award. And this, like, like Dustin said, this is based off of Tower of Babel, well, which was a notable story written by Mark Wade in Justice League, which um, basically, like, the idea is the same here, where, you know, Batman's actions negatively impact the Justice League. Uh, and we'll get into the differences there, but it's, they're both essentially the same story. And it's, it's fun, and we'll just, I'll, I'll cap it off for there. I don't know. I always like the Justice League movies that they come out with. Uh, The Superman, Batman ones aren't normally the greatest for me, even though I did like the Supergirl one. But the Justice League ones always seem to be good winners for me. New Frontier, I think, is still going to be my favorite. And I think I may also like Crisis a little bit better than this as well. But the opening scene just got me right away which I guess I'll talk about when we do that. But it was just great to see that group of villains just right away and then everyone coming together. So it was good. I, I enjoyed it. And I guess, I mean, I don't really want to talk about it here. I want to talk about it at the end. So I'll, I'll wait to talk about my comments later. All right. So without further ado, let's cue it up to exactly one second into the movie. And uh, we will get started in three, two, one. I think this is the first animated movie where they use the new DC logo. Is that right? No. No, I think actually this one didn't have any logo, or it had the old logo as well. Oh, you're right. I, I, I see. I, I said that uh, precipitary. This is the for the old the original the last logo before the the current one. Yeah, I think this one 
actually released after they already announced the new logo, and it was one of those things where it's like, wait, they have the new logo, but they didn't even figure out a way to put it in. Yeah. I always yeah. like the entry scenes that they do here to set up everything. It's cool because not only is there these random you know, pieces of tidbits about the actual Justice League, but the cool thing is you actually see some of the character designs for the char- for them as well as part of this blueprint thing that they've done. I think that the footage is from uh, Crisis of Two Earths, which also kind of lends to the idea that they take place in the same timeline. It's kind of cool. It's also great to have the cast back from, well, for the most part, from uh, Justice League, the animated series. Yeah. It's interesting that they have Tim Daly for these, as opposed to, uh, or at least for this one, as opposed to George Newbern. Because he wasn't on Justice League because of, I think, a scheduling thing with his own career. And I think this would suggest that he should have been on that show. It was a shame because George George Newbern was a good Superman as well. And I do have to comment on the music. Christopher Drake generally does uh, all of the music for these DC animated movies. And just his scores are so epic. I have the Red Hood and the Wonder Woman one on CD and... I just love the intros. Usually does awesome music. Oh, I think I saw just now they had like a little files. I think one file was called Action Comics, which is pretty cool. I never noticed that before. Oh, and their logos. I never really knew that Martian Manhunter had a logo, though. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> That's not his usual one. He usually has like the... He has the different ones. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I agree with you, though, Stella, that Christopher Drake's a really good composer. And I, I'm, I hope that the Dark Knight Returns soundtrack is uh, available Made available, soon. yeah. I, I like that a lot. Oh, Laura Montgomery. Ooh. <laughs> Someday she'll be yours. <laughs> that sounds sketchy. <laughs> we start off with Batman. Is this, this, is this in Gotham? I don't recall. I think this is in Metropolis. I was going to say it looks much cleaner than Gotham yeah. does. And there's parks. Yeah. Now, one would assume the Joker because of the guys, the, the, the car and the guys' chips. <laughs> one would assume Batman's arch nemesis, but uh, as we will find out. Oh, please. No one tells Batman what to do. You fool. <laughs> no one pulls Batman in the corner. I think it was kind of interesting that they chose to use the Royal Flush Gang in this movie. Not that the Royal Flush Gang can't be used. It's just, it just seems as if, it seems like pretty much every every movie that they do, they're trying to do like a variety of different villains to get the mainstream people to understand who some of the other characters are besides just the main baddies that we always see. Right. Kind of get across the idea of a real DC universe. So why don't you think the Flesh Gang fits? Oh, it's not that it doesn't fit. It's just interesting that they use them, that's all. Oh, okay. Because it's just, to me, it's, you know, it's one of those groups where, you know, you probably could come up with a bunch of other groups that, could have been used as well. I mean, you could have used um, Secret Six. You could have used oh, yeah. Suicide Squad. Um, not in the, you know, 
we're more vigilante type manner, but as a group of villains, other than the Royal Flush Gang. But I can understand why, because later in the movie, obviously, we have the Legion of Doom, and they obviously don't want to be overshadowed by a different group of villains. I think that the... I don't, don't call me on this, but I think that the Royal Flush Gang had appeared a, few, a couple of years before this with these designs. I think I saw it recently, but I'm not sure which comic. It was It was like a DC comic, like uh, Power Girl or something. As soon as I kill Batman, wahaha. Of course, they use Royal Flesh on the Wild Cards episodes of Justice League. And which episode is that, Stella? Oh, well, it's the best episode there is. <laughs> These guys are actually playing like Silver Age villains, so I'm glad that they get more play in the cartoons here. Now, uh, this story was apparently supposed to be was it, no, maybe not this story, but uh, uh, if we're going on the idea that, that the Crisis on Tourist one was sort of in the same timeline, but that was supposed to be for the original uh, Justice League animated series, which we talked about in that commentary. And uh, it, you see the differences here because not only is uh, Green Lantern and Hal Jordan not John Stewart, but Flash is Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, what do you guys think about the fact that like it's a more you know traditional Justice League as opposed to the one from the animated series? I mean, I wish it was Wally in this series or this movie. Do you have preferences to that team, or does it work well here in this movie? I think I think Wally always worked better as the Flash in animated form. The I mean I know why they did the Barry Allen. This was after the New Fifty Two. They changed all kinds of stuff. Cyborgs later is also in this movie. We'll see a little bit later. But the idea was that they were trying to you know there's there's this is one of the first clues that they're really trying to like mainstream everything within the same sort of continuity where all of the uh, specific main heroes are all the same in not only the comics but also the the movies and the animated shows and things like that Hal Jordan is obviously Green Lantern and Green Lantern the animated series as well so I mean the big thing was because this is Barry Allen and not Wally West it's he has the same exact voice as Wally West did in Justice League I remember we were reporting on that when this movie was coming out and uh uh, on the on the front page, you will see the interview with Michael Rosebaum being told to play a more straight because he's Wally or because he's Barry Allen. Yeah. And honestly, I honestly think I honestly think that's too bad because he does a good job, but he's so enjoyable as Wally West. I kind of wish that they just made him Wally West, and if they were gonna make him Barry Allen, get him a different guy. But whatever. I think to have Barry Allen as Flash, like the character doesn't. You don't really get a good um, idea of who the character is without some of his, like, side story, I feel. Like, I think if Iris were in here, we'd have, like, a rounded a rounded flash. But, I mean, I guess in this movie, the only person that we really learn um, a great deal about is, in fact, Batman through everything. I will say that I, think I love the, the scenes coming up. They're far, far away from now, but, like, and the, and the alternate identities with Barry and Hal and... John, as a cop, all of this, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> this is a great Superman scene. I think Dwayne Duffy actually had a good handle on uh, Superman. 
I think he, he, he made him, you know, like the nice guy without being, uh, you know, a wimp or whatever, so. Or the nice guy who's not overtly nice. Right. He, he knows when to toughen up. Why is the Royal Flesh Gang so pale? Uh, Or are they painted? I'm sure they're painted. I just, that's something that just occurred to me. That's that's actually a good point. Because in the Batman Beyond, they were wearing costumes, and in the Justice League, they were wearing costumes. I never thought about that. But you saw King had, like, facial hair on the outside, so. (laughs) And this is sort of foreshadowing for um, what happens to him later. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he gets himself into trouble by doing that. I am unharmed. That design for Martian Manor, I remember that costume around Final Crisis. Like, because usually, like, this was more traditional look, which was in the animated series. In these movies, he wears, like, like the uh, that uh, new costume. Which I don't know if anybody cares about, but it is a difference all the same. Stiff arm. Or, sorry, clothesline. Like a boss. I actually like the fact that they had Cyborg in here because he is in the comics, because I think that is something that you would want to do. If they actually changed the costumes like the New 52, I wouldn't mind that either, but because they got the original cast from the animated series, it's kind of mix and match. The only thing I feel bad about, though, is, I mean, he doesn't really play too much of a part. He's got this opening scene. He's got this scene later on, which is pretty pivotal with Diana. But mm-hmm. then, like, randomly at the end with uh, the group, like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he's as like he's just an afterthought added in. I, I, I agree. That's what it felt like completely, is if they just added him in because DC said, listen, uh, we need Cyborg to be a part of the Justice League. So make it happen. Yeah, I think if like he said, if there was like a, a line that says, "Oh, I came from Titan's Tower," or whatever, it would be more earned. But it is more random. I agree. Especially since he's not, re- he's never really involved in any of the real big fights. He's, he's like a support character who's just there to help out when everything is already taken care of. Yeah, he doesn't feel he, he's not part of the team yet. I think at the end, spoilers, he becomes part of the team as they're firing Batman. Anyone else want Wonder Woman to make out with Green Lantern? I'll be cheating because it's it's not (laughs) the right Green Lantern. Oh, no, just because, uh, well, the guy who's voicing Green Lantern voiced Steve Trevor in her movie, so. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Nathan Fillion. I think Nathan Fillion's a pitch perfect Hal Jordan, though. Mm -hmm. I I agree. That's like like one of those. It's like uh, um, Lucy Lawless playing Wonder Woman. It's like one of those casting where you kind of imagine already. Do you think that Superman's shield looks a little weird? Like, it looks small. Yeah, I like... No, I agree. I, I like it big. I gotta phrase that better. <laughs> I like, I like co- costumes that have their symbols bigger. Kind of, you know, show how, you know, large, larger than life the heroes are. Yeah. Oh, there he goes. Like Spider-Man through Central Park. <laughs> like in Spider-Man 2. The, the but realistically, if you look at the, all the logos, including Batman's, the logos really aren't that that big and on all of them. They yeah. really seem like they shrunk them down on all of the characters. Yeah. 
maybe to make the team more bigger uh, bigger than the individual. Okay, so here I have an issue because he should have been able to trust himself and realize that there probably is something wrong. I don't think it just doesn't seem like Batman like sees something and then look behind him and figure, oh, it was just me. If Josh was here, and he's not, but if he was, then he said he, he likes that because he doesn't like when Batman's so overtly uh, observational. I love the scene in the Batcave with Alfred. I like this Batcave that they had in this movie a lot. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of cool how there's that wall of water around the entire Batcave. Yeah, I think, and I don't know, uh, Dustin, you can feel free to correct me. Like, because uh, I know in Batman Begins, that's the first time I saw a waterfall in the Batcave. And I'm wondering if that, that's something that they've tried to introduce uh, from the movies, which I wouldn't mind, because I don't remember that being in any other version before. I it's it's been in a couple of different things, but it's never been something that's like, oh, this this is for sure something that has to has to be there. Um, there's been a couple of references in some of the comics. <laughs> I can't think of any off the top of my head where they specifically show the, him driving through the waterfall. But there, I know that there are some. But in this, it's almost as if the entire cave is surrounded by it. Which I think would make sense because it would sort of like show have a, a sound and visible shield to the, to the cave. But that's something that I, I would not mind them making a permanent part. I really want someone to inform me about Mirror Master's abilities because I'm not super familiar with Mirror Master. How exactly did he get out of the mirror? Because I thought his power was if he looked at a mirror, he could go inside of it and then come out of that same mirror, not travel in between mirrors, correct? I only know him from his animated appearances in JLU and uh, The Batman, but from what I understand, the mirrors are sort of like different uh, dimensions and like yeah. they kind of like share the portals. same dimensions. It's almost like the spot from a... So like, but he can like move portals? through them, yeah. Like portals, yeah. Okay. Well, that doesn't make any sense because that, that just means everyone would eliminate every mirror ever. Ask Mark Wade. Ask, ask a Flash fan. <laughs> Don't look at me. Look, it's Tom Hardy. Oh, it's Tom Hardy glory. This is like, was that a defense system or just a random giant alligator? <laughs> I hope it was a defense system. Otherwise, Bane sucks. <laughs> oh. Destroying wildlife. I, I liked how, you know, they, they still use the venom in this, which I obviously didn't expect them not to use the venom, but they, I think it was done properly. Where, you know, he doesn't become overtly stupid and... I mean, like in Dark Knight? Uh, yeah, exactly. In the, the comic, Dark Knight. Yes, the comic. You know, he's actually here, he's actually, you know, they show him as a very, you know, worthwhile advers- adversary and not just some guy who's, you know doped up and strong. If somebody who doesn't read the comics was watching Public Enemies and then this movie, they might be confused about why Metallo's alive. I also like how Bane has a rather sexualized costume. Like there's, there's this gigantic gap in the front which doesn't serve any purpose. Almost like a lot like Star Sapphire. Like if, he, if she's still in her belly, why can't he, he show his belly? I guess they just went by the motto, if you've got it, show it. <laughs> show them abs. They all have 
They're absurd except for <laughs> the guy who doesn't have one. You're right. What is up with that? I guess that's how they differentiate themselves from the Justice League. They show off their midsections. There's a certain logic we follow there. But I just can't realize what it is. They're all showing. Yeah, I can't. Look, I can't not look at it anymore. So that this Vandal Savage voiced it on Justice League as well, which is great. Oh yes, Phil Morris, who was Martian Manhunter on Smallville. Yep. Yeah. And Faraday on New Frontier. He's apparently a big comic fan. I think wow. he's a great voice actor. Okay, so one of the first things I wanted to bring up was the Vandal Savage. Yeah. Do you think they needed to use Vandal Savage in this story, or do you think it could have been served by another villain? Because, I mean, like, the idea of the Legion of Doom is this Legion of Doom that he forms is very different than the Legion of Doom that we know. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the Legion of Doom being led by Vandal Savage and the inclusion of the specific characters that are included. Ladies first. Uh, well, in the comic, because I, I watched this and then I read uh, Tower of Babel, and in the comic, the leader was Raz al Ghul. And I think perhaps, perhaps the reason why they did not use that uh, is because that is a very Batman-centric story, and so this would have turned into, like, a more Batman-esque movie. Because I remember he tries to, like, stick Martha and Thomas in the um, in the pit. Yeah, and Batman's <laughs> freaking out about it. So that, like, really diverts our attention from the team to more of, you know, like, Batman. And even though this is a Batman story because it is his plan... I think that they wanted to keep it more united and like this is an an attack not only on Batman but on the Justice League. So I think maybe using Vandal was just a way to have a strong villain but one that's not going to kind of pull our attention. Um, as for the characters, I how much of a departure? I don't remember the different characters that they used on uh, Babel. I don't think they Were use they? other. Vill- I don't think they use other villains. It's just like the. No, I'm right. just saying, like the the. It's not necessarily compared to the actual comics, but oh, compared this. to the normal yeah. Legion of Doom. Oh, okay. This scene's awesome. I really like this scene. Oh, you mean with like Lex Luthor and I gotcha. Um. Well, I mean, these I think really mirror the different characters. I mean, they're just like the polar opposites of our heroes, so it's very much yin and yang. And so, I mean, I like the ones that they picked. I think, well, Flash, he has a whole gallery of rogues, so you could have picked anyone. Um, Star Sapphire, I mean, I know that she's a Green Lantern villain, but if you really wanted the polar opposite, probably you would have gone with uh, Sinestro. Cheetah, I think she works really well, and that's actually one of my favorite um, scenes is her versus Wonder Woman. Malifa Ak, I had to look him up because I'm like, who is this person? Uh, but it is hard to find, I think, someone like the anti-Martian Manhunter, and they took it really literal there. And then Bane is good. I think you could have picked anyone, really. Bane doesn't seem like a team member to me, like a team sort of player. But I guess I guess he works here. And am I missing anyone? Mattel. Oh, Metello. Yeah, I mean, I think that works. Uh, you know, Lex Luthor, perhaps they were thinking, oh, Lex is overused, so they went with somebody different. I don't think, I don't think Lex would follow anybody either. 
Yeah, because he would have been the leader, and you can't really have that with Vandal Savage. So overall, I think I think I like all of the the villains that they picked. I love this scene because it's. I think this is a really good villain trap. To He's so his con- weakness. I really wanted him and that girl to like at the very end to like get together. Because that's who it's a shipper in me. <laughs> I just like got a light. No. Look harder. Huh? And I like how um, Carl Lumby changes his voice when he's John Jones, yeah. John Jones, and when he's John Jones, which is great. Yeah. Yes. Now the thing about this, like this is, I, I really like this <laughs> fight, and Claudia Black, I think she does um, a great job, uh, and she had been on the in- Uncharted two and three, if you remember her there. But um, I do wonder, like, how did they even get here in the first place? Like, how did this all begin? That's sort of my question. What was that? What do you mean? Oh, like with the the lightning with, between her bracelets. Diana's bracelets? I think it was just because Cheetah used her claws. And so it was just like a spark. So we do, yeah, we do see a little bit of Barry here. But I, I don't know, like his, his character is very three-dimensional with this sort, this life. And then seeing him with Iris... Are you sure? So, like, not being able to see that. I mean, it could have been. It could have been Wally. Had we done that, we don't get to see too much of that. I did. I did love seeing this scene because they don't. They don't uh, do that very much. Where he actually does the whole like the costume goes out of his ring and then he used. I, I feel like this may have been the first time. In New Frontier, we saw it. Oh, you're right. You're right. But it's very it's- interesting. Yeah. I actually think we saw it in, like, that Flash episode of JLU. But it's fun because, like, the ring is very, very cheesy and Silver Age comic booky, but I still kind of like it because of that reason. Yeah, and Superman has one like it. And I remember asking Michael Bailey, like, how does he do that? How does he – or he has, like, a pouch or something on his cape. And I'm like, it's I like don't a pocket understand how in that his cape. works. Yeah. yeah, I didn't understand how that worked. So I watched this with a friend a while back, and he said that this was the scene that sort of made the less sense because it was very psychological and, like, breaking him down. And you would hope that Hal would have, like, a stronger <laughs> a stronger um, heart and, and hope to fight it. Yeah, I guess we want to start explaining the differences between this and the comic version in terms of how the, the, the ways in which Batman has uh, ways to defeat the Justice League are because uh, Kyle Rayner was Green Lantern in the comic. Yeah. And... This one's basically just to make Kyle Jordan feel bad, and that will defeat him forever. In a, the comic book, maybe we should wait until that actually happens. Um, like, Wonder Woman and John Jones' ways and, uh, in uh, this movie are basically the same. In, a, yep. in the comic, I think Superman is kind of the same, kind of different. With Red, I've always read Kryptonite somehow. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder if, the, if those guys were... Um... Well, spoiler, if, you know, they were all robots. Were the FBI agents also robots? Uh, for some reason, I don't think so, but I have nothing to go on that. Silver Flash? They should have used Trickster. Wouldn't that have been a good one? I like how these scenes have the, the, the characters in their own cities doing their own thing. Yeah. I like, I like that as opposed to just a big group movie. It's like, you know, we see them in their own, you know, in their own little worlds. Mm-hmm. There he is. I like this trap, but I feel as if I feel as if something like this would have been done 
the the big thing that I feel about this Flash thing is that it just seems as if the death trap that he's about to do would be something that you know any of Flash's villains would attempt at some point. So um, you're possibly. thinking that maybe they should have made one that was more Mirror Master esque. Yeah, because I mean, like, you know, oh, here, here's a lock. If you vibrate through it, you know, you're or you can't vibrate through it, so that's not going to work for you. If you do this, someone's going to die because you're using that. I mean, the problem is, like, I look at Flash, and you know, Captain Cold is a is a good villain because mm-hmm. once Flash gets cold, he's not obviously going to be able to do. Also, you right. run into the you know the slipperiness and things like that. So, like, the reality is, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like. Mirror Master should have had a better death trap in the long run for Flash compared to, oh, I'm just going to use, you know, a weakness that anybody could have used against you and not necessarily me. Yeah. I do think that this trap, as far as traps go, this is a very diabolical trap. Yeah. And and I was just thinking that, I mean, we talked about the villains that they chose, and the fact that there is one of Flash's rogues is interesting, especially this trap is really vindictive. And, I mean, the rogues are, yeah, they're bad guys, but the it, the great thing about uh, Flash and his rogues gallery, which is not present in the New 52, is that there's, like, a real, like, uh, loving relationship between them as well. Because, like, they, <laughs> no, but he, they, like, respect him still, even though, like, they, you know, they get beat up and tossed in jail and everything. But when he died, like, they were really heartbroken and everything. So, I don't know. I don't know yeah, if they would they were more like go a, beyond this. They were a little bit more like the traditional bad guys who weren't all that insane. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mean, like, shipper-loving, but just, like, there's just, like, a good relationship between the two of them. Uh, yeah, I, I I was aware of that as well. I will say about the uh, the Batman thing, when he's kicked into the graves, like, the scene of him going to see his uh, parents, you know, graves taken away, that was in the mm-hmm. original comic, but that was also in a, a story called Batman, or uh, The Play on the Other Side, which had Batman go against the Wrath. It was, like, an early 80s story, which had the same kind of scene, which reminded me of that. See, I'm wondering what that brunette lady's doing right now. Like, why is John talking to this blonde lady? She does help him out. Oh, boy. I love this. This is, I, th- I think these traps are actually very good in this movie, whether they were in the comics or not. Like a- and I agree. I think the the traps were good and they they made sense. It's just some of them doesn't seem like they you know have anything to do with the villain that was chosen. He's a Marshal. His his cigarette and he's blown here. This is nice. Um, yeah. In the uh, comic, it was nano machines in in his body. Yeah. Yep. In a uh, also with the God. <laughs> this is why it's PG thirteen. <laughs> Um, in the comic, I think uh, with Flash, there was a, a, a bullet in his, stuck in his body that he had to vibrate out and he couldn't get it out. So he was like stuck in vibrate mode, like ultra vibro mode or whatever. I'm glad that he saw his friends. Yeah, like, like even though he's not, he's he's been lying to them. They still want to help him. Yeah, because if there's yeah, sorry, but that, but like it's like why this, this is why the, the scene is written so well because they're not. Two-dimensional. They're three-dimensional. Yeah. This is a bit bizarre. This scene was cut out of, like, the, uh, 
Dwayne McDuffie wrote the adaptation for All-Star Superman, and this scene was in the comic book of All-Star Superman that was not in the movie. And I, I remember um, there was a podcaster who wished that that was in the movie. I think that's Dwayne McDuffie kind of like a – not appeasing that guy, but I think he would be pleased. It's funny how every person in that room is wearing a, a suit except for Clark Kent. <laughs> Ironically so, because Clark Kent always has a suit. But he has a vest. I'm on my way. Does she know he's Superman? I think so. Um, it seems like it. We, yeah. The, if we follow the same uh, things in some of the other other animated forms, she did, She does know. Yeah? I mean, what's her motive? What do they want? They want to see Green Lantern die. Oh, no. <laughs> Shut up. Can you just have, the, have the, the ring cut out the ropes and these guys would run away? Yeah, you would think, since all that stuff is now falling on them. I think this is this is one of the traps that I think I buy the least with Green Lantern. This was also in the comic, her fighting forever or something. Always impresses me. Wah wah. Uh, I almost said Catwoman. <laughs> Cheetah, I think, has like three different identities in the comics. I'm not sure which one this is. Whether her, I think I know one of her names been Minerva. One is Barbara. Yep. The Barbara <laughs> one they just did in Justice League number thirteen. Right, right. Just interesting. I always thought her earrings were silver for some reason. It's Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, I think they are typically, now that I think about it. Would it? I don't know. I still would think she would realize there's something wrong. You don't buy this? Well, no, I really like it, but I just wonder, like, what's going on in their heads. Don't you think having dozens of, I guess she thought she found a way to replicate herself randomly. This, This is nice. This is this this is Superman to me, like the nice guy. And he gets sold out. Yikes! Out of all the traps, I I like the Superman one most. Because of I might agree. Because it shows who Superman is. He cares about the little guy. Yeah, he cares, and that's, you know... You know, ultimately, Superman might have this, you know, a, you know, problem with kryptonite, but ultimately it's his caring that could really end up getting him in a situation where he's not going to be able to get out of right. it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like taking candy from strangers. <laughs> This this is this is a really like kind of belabored like I'm not sure where this is going. It's going over there. Oh no. T. Mm-hmm. I thought the editing for this was pretty good. I mean, I know it. There's not a whole lot of editing that happens with animated films as far as 
you know, what to cut and what not to cut. A lot of it's, you know, from storyboards, but the the cutting from one's, one hero's issue to another hero's issue, they did a good job of connecting all of these different versions or all of these different events into, you know, one sle- seamless thing where, you know, there's still... You still see the slow progression of the situations that each of the heroes in to the ultimate climax of all of them being in a you know peril at the very end. And for some reason, this woman turns into Carol Ferris somehow. Well, she already looked like her. But then you're like, why does Star Sapphire pop out of nowhere? And this is the time I, I spat out my drink when I was first reading, watching this. I smell a trap. Like, what blows my mind is the two women look almost pretty much the same. And yet, he's sitting there thinking to himself, it's all about Okay, so I've, got, so I've got a dead girl in one. I've got... I've got, uh... Sorry, sorry. Carol Ferris right here next to me. They almost look exactly alike. And... I'm just going to completely, you know... <laughs> break down emotionally and, you know, give up my ring because... This one person died. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure if you're a hero, you've you've had to deal with failure at least once before. Or if you're Barbara Gordon in the New Fifty Two several times. Ah. <laughs> Poor Babs. Oh knows. Cry on my shoulder. I didn't, I didn't like the Green Lantern one at all. No, yeah, that that wasn't one. I, I followed the logic of the least. I was like, I'm not sure how much this works. But you should have just blinded him like in the comic. Wasn't Aquaman also in this the comic? Yeah, and Plastic Man. Yeah. Aquaman, you basically like I think make him afraid of water, which I thought was a really good idea. Yeah. And uh, Plastic Man just turn him to ice and break him. And none of the traps Batman had to kill them just just immobilize them, but Ray Shagul or uh, Vandal Savage makes them deadly. And it's good because, like, the gun would be lead, so Superman wouldn't sense the kryptonite. Good call. Actually, I'm going to shoot you. That's a nice direction. This reminds me of Smallville Season 3. Yep. When he was shot by that guy who hated... No, that was Season 5. Um, no. Was it the one where his uh, powers are gone? Oh, well, I was thinking about the one where um, Miguel's passions, he's like a military guy, and and he hates meteor freaks, so he makes bullets out of, yep, and then shoots Clark. While he's in school. Yep. (laughs) One of my favorite things from the Wonder Woman direct-to-video is, uh, oh, wait, no, actually, I'm thinking of um, the Supergirl movie which is not called supergirl it's called apocalypse but like the fight scene in the arena with the furies was just well choreographed and so it's great to see uh wonder woman i agree doing that uh that falling scene because it's so like long it also reminds me of smallville when he falls uh, oh and uh, at the end of season eight yeah and it's just great that you know it's falling so slowly and it's flashing but it's like tying all the scenes together that's the kind of superman returns 
Now this reminds me of Kill Bill. I I was just about to say that. You stole my thunder. <laughs> You've been talking for too long. It's interesting because it's obvious that Bane knows who Batman is, which is from the comics, so I don't I don't mind, but He's watched him, yeah. This is actually really like oh man, this is this sucks. Huh? Papa? Yeah, that would drive me insane. Have you ever seen the movie Buried? No. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have. I thought that was a great movie, even though it takes place entirely inside of the the casket. What's the, uh, just, is... The, the premise of the movie is Ryan Reynolds is a contractor in Iraq who gets caught by some terrorists, and the terrorists put him inside of a casket and bury the casket into the ground while he's still alive. He wakes up, and all he's got is his cell phone, so the entire movie takes place with Ryan Reynolds stuck inside of this casket, and he, you know, it has a cell phone and a couple of other things. And at one point in the movie, there's a snake he finds at the bottom of the box, and he tries to get out, but it's just it's not very successful. It's it's a good movie, but it, it reminds me a lot of every time I ever see anybody locked into a casket and buried, it reminds me of that movie. Oh, we're thinking of different movies then. <laughs> I was thinking of buried alive, but same same basic premise. They are very happy, cheery folk. Vandal Savage in this in this movie looks like a nape. Well, he's supposed to be a Neanderthal yeah. from Krog uh, Magnon, yeah. Yeah, so it makes sense. And then he said something about like learning who Batman was but not telling them, which I thought was a nice touch. Well, I don't really understand what the point of that is because obviously Bane knows who Batman is. Hey, Machado, want to know Batman's secret identity? Come here and I'll tell you. This is pretty good. Don't laugh at me, fool. He says, oh yeah, you're free to go, but I could kill you later on. I'm surprised she didn't take his ring. Star Sapphire, that is. Oh, that's a good point. Now, this, I actually thought this was... I guess they had to do this for context reasons, but, like, they literally did the same thing in the animated series that show his origin. Mm-hmm. So, like, I felt this was rather redundant and unnecessary, but as a, somebody coming to this fresh, I suppose it makes sense. This is almost like a necessary evil. Oh. <laughs> Feel bad for this horrible terrorist. It's like 2001. A space odyssey. Yep. That must be weird to like be a super intelligent person in the caveman era, having to wait that out. He really should be able to take over the world. Want to set theory? This, this is crazy. Slashes out his neck. Boo! He bled out. Oh no. <laughs> well, see you guys on Sunday.
Whoops. And then she Check gets punched. <laughs> well, bam. Oh, dear. My forehead. My precious furry forehead. <laughs> yes, I have. Sorry, folks, we're just caught up in the drama of Vandal's plan. Oh, dear. Where are the females? God. Are they back in the Oh, my game? God. Yeah, <laughs> what are you talking saying. about? My people, my people became the dominant species, you know, all of my men. What are you talking about? Apparently, they were asexual beings back then. There's no apparently about it. It's impossible. She has a glowing... Navel. Navel. That's where I didn't understand that. I thought that she had a ring as well, but then I help. <laughs> her, ring, her ring is her belly ring. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, that'd be cool. <laughs> I, I think this is also a good plan, but I also think that's it's kind of like, you know, like, like Dr. Evil, dun, 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 kind of thing that like might set the, the, the movie back a bit. But I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much you could do you, you else you could do about it. There's also the fact that like the Justice League aren't actually dead, they're just busy right now. So why celebrate? It almost reminds me of the sixties Batman movie where the villains team up. There he is. The one oh. one inch punch. Where's his mother? Oh, I guess he was just in the one coffin. Oh, it, maybe it would be rated R if his mother was there. Huh? That's a lot of blood. Yeah, it's a lot of blood, and the fact that he opens that small hole and somehow all that dirt comes out. What did Alfred, Alfred be like? Where's Monster Bruce? Oh, he's buried with his parents. Okay, never mind. Do 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 do. This reminds me of Friday the 13th, Part 8. Where the stupid fools stick a rod in Jason and then a lightning rod. And then it lightning hits and awakens him. It's very odd. I think you can buy Friday the 13th, Part 8 for thirteen ninety nine, and you're nearby Walmart. <laughs> I assume. Or just watch it on AMC. Look at that. Or bootleg it on the internet. The fool. There you go. I actually respect Wonder Woman a great deal um, from these movies uh, because sometimes just the comics, I, I feel, do not do her justice. And I would say that the new 52 Wonder Woman actually is a great comic. But I just uh, – I started – I tried to read with Jodie Picoult and that was just rough. But I think these just do a great job for the character and, and I really respect her for that. I've heard that like in the last – Decade or so, she's had like I know I know Gail Simone wrote her. Yeah, I, know, I think Gail Simone wrote her like right before JMS did, and I think uh, Greg Rucker wrote her before then. Yeah. Oh, he's there. He is.
Well, it's a good thing they have Cyborg around because, you know, he doesn't have a main villain that yeah. appears because he's not part of the Justice League, so he doesn't need to get taken out. <laughs> well, if Deathstroke was there, then he would. And I guess Batman didn't have plans for him yet. True. So does she not find this weird? She okay. finds it weird, but not weird enough. Okay. In the face. So, does Cheetah sound like Cheetah when she's talking, or does Cheetah sound like Cyborg when she's talking? I don't, I don't know whether she sounds like uh, oh Cheetah boy or Bumper Robinson. Some haymakers going on here. This also doesn't make any sense, because, like, what is her purpose for beating them up if they're not doing anything to her? They're just Cheetah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, because they're Cheetah, she needs to beat, beat them up. Yeah. That's how she rolls. She can stand there, you know, get on her knees, surrender... And somehow, they're still gonna. She still feels convinced. In the comic, she has to be in the comic, it was something like I think she was like just in this mode or this mindset to like always fight like a, like an Amazon warrior. It was, it was I think it was a sort of form of hypnosis or something, but I think it's a less explained here. The eyeballs are crazy. They're like that girl from Frankenweenie, Mister Richards. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> this is a nice. I always find it interesting that Wonder Woman is very tough and kind of, you know, knock people far away. But you shoot her or you stab her and she'll be hurt. He's got taken out. My arm. <laughs> she thinks that she actually ripped off Cheetah's arm. My arm. I was kind of violent. Ooh. Take that. Uh-oh. Here's the science. Hello. I like this line from Susan Eisenberg. She she should like collapse. That's all I have to say. She said the H word. She said what? Oh oh. Go away. Oh dear. Where's my tea and crumpets? Not again. <laughs> G N N. Oh, where's G Gordon Godfrey when you need him? Superman's been shot. <laughs> the alien deserves it. Flash, like I'm too busy dying right now. Yeah. Ooh. Because uh, this is uh-oh. a situation where he might want to call in Nightwing or somebody. Or Oracle. Oh, that's right. Oracle doesn't exist. Never mind. <laughs> you fool. God, I... <laughs> oh, dear. God, that sucks. By me. That's just the kind of the sound clip that you would expect from the trailer. Mm, oh. Okay. You need to take a breather or take a shot of five-hour energy drink. So is the product based within this commentary. The, the other thing that's kind of interesting is, so they all have earpieces, mm-hmm. and they, at this point, this is the first time they're all communicating with each mm-hmm. other. Wait, what? For, oh, did, it, did anybody say, maybe we should contact Wonder Woman with her earpiece? <laughs> maybe then she won't attack everybody. 
I don't know. That's actually a good point. Not, but everyone was occupied until right then. Well, why didn't Cyborg just stand back and not approach Wonder Woman and, and talk and to her? I don't know. He needed to use his science. But did you hear, though, that the plans did not account for Hal? So that was like she came up with that on her own? Wait, wait, wait. Why, would, why wouldn't it account for Hal in the first place? Why wouldn't he think about doing something with Hal? Why is he not charred? He looks uh, darker. Oh, it's just anymore. The, 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 I don't know. <laughs> His Maybe alien physiology? You need to just accept it. Yeah, I, I, yeah <laughs> I've, and that's what I've decided it must have. Oh, this is a good idea. I saw the Titanic in the background. Ooh. Barry. Here he goes. This is where he dies while it becomes the Flash. It's it would have been it would have been more amusing if it, it would was, have been welcome. Wally West doesn't know how to uh, doesn't know how to swim. He doesn't. No, I'm just saying uh, if he didn't know how to swim, yeah. it's like I did this. I I know how to walk on water because I'm so fast, but I can't swim. <laughs> is, is this the end of the Flash? Bum, the impulse bum, comes bum. from back in time to save him. Two men next week, true believers. I I think that like obviously the same designs are from Crisis on Two Earths. I think that the Crisis on Two Earths had a bit more sharper animation. It was a bit more slicker. Like obviously there was a different animation company, but uh, it, this is this is not bad. Just I prefer that better. He's been doing that this entire time, brooding. Oh, it's like the Batcave. Hey, Mister oh. Freeze. Days later, the the corpse is decomposed and he's still holding it. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> or she wakes up and bites him. It's Walking Dead. I like how she has purple lipstick and purple earrings. And that to is not fun. <laughs> Whoa. Look what I can do. Fatality. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm a fool. How how exactly is it that okay? So this is can probably be another one of those things that I just have to look past. <laughs> but, okay, so Carol Ferris mm-hmm. star Sapphire. How did she create a robot? A robot. <laughs> That's awesome. I have no idea. Maybe Vandal Savage said, "Here's this robot I made of you in my spare time. Don't ask why. Use it on Hal Jordan." That he had to come yeah. up with that. Yeah. And then okay, so then put that aside. And say, how does how does Carol Ferris change her appearance based off of whether or not she's wearing uh, or she, she's using the um, the ring? Because Hell Jordan doesn't change his appearance into somebody else by using the ring, and if he does, it's uh, I think that's kind of inconsistent though. As I remember, like he never had a costume, but like it's either comes comes from him inside him, or he, he transforms into it, or like in Sailor Moon style, or wraps around him like just. Right. Right, but I mean, like, Star Sapphire was that the same chick as the robot, and then she changed into Star Sapphire. To me, if I was Hell Jordan, why would I believe that, oh, I know, I'm going to believe that Star Sapphire is here to uh, tell me that I did a horrible job in letting this girl die, but for some reason she looked exactly like her two seconds ago. 
I don't know. It's just open heart surgery on a, on a cartoon. Better hurry up before it. Well, that's scary. His tentacles are in my chest. Let's do it to appease all you anime fans. <laughs> I get away from him. He's still kryptonite. He's still. He should actually still be in pain. Kryptonite's near him. Yeah, and why is he healing too? While it's in view. It's, it's, like, it's like, you know, centimeters away. I have it. He's out of danger now. Get the kryptonite away from me, please. I'll be just fine, Lois. <gasps> look up, look up. <laughs> uh, you should not have been invited on this commentary. Oh, What's my feelings? Oh, there's Jimmy. Jimmy doesn't have a bow tie. That right there is a betrayal. Oh, they, they He's got like a Hawaiian shirt on with a blazer. Who does he that? A, he had a mullet in the anime series. That was a betrayal right there. Oh. Batman's like, yeah, those are mine. Whoops. Sorry. I miss the uh, chairs with their with their symbols on the back. I always thought those were cool. Like, this is Batman's chair, but they don't have them here. I concur. Past and present. Think about that. So this wasn't the original team. Well, maybe they, remember in the last uh, Crisis and Tours, like they enlarged the team with Black Canary and Firestorm and those guys. Yeah. So oh, maybe, like, maybe maybe they're like one separate room, like the original seven room that was in JLU. Yeah, and maybe Catwoman was on that team. And maybe not because it's a bad idea. <laughs> so he says, not having read the, the issue yet, so. I like that line. I mean, if he can dodge an Omega Beam from Darkseid, then you probably should have some sort of plan against Batman. If you guys were in the Justice League, which side would you fall on? Would you kick him out for this, or would you think that he's right in doing this? That, well, this sounds familiar. Would you vote Hawkgirl out or in? Well, well, she, well that's, eh. I mean, it's both like a betrayal. Well, she wasn't spying on. Well, she was spying on them. He was like, it was. It was. He wasn't going to use this when he felt like it. He was going to use this in oh, case they were mind washed. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think I would have felt bet- betrayed, uh, obviously, um, and I'd put him on probation. But I, I don't think that I would kick him off because I think he's too valuable of a member, and I would still sort of recognize like where he was, um, where his heart and his head was when he was doing that. What do you think, Dustin? Um, personally, I think they're, they're, they're all stupid and naive to think that nothing bad can ever happen to yeah. them. They cannot be controlled by somebody like else. Like Starro. So, I mean, the, the reality is that Batman created this program so that, you know, the situation could be taken care of if, if one of them was taken over. I think in their minds, they should be sitting there thinking to themselves... Yeah, that's that, the reality. Is this could happen? So maybe this is something that we should probably consider. Uh, was probably a good idea, but I don't know. It's just to me, you know, let's get rid of Batman because he came up with this idea. Okay, well, Batman came up with the idea, and guess what? It worked. Which is why they don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it worked. <clears throat> so maybe you should consider him a little bit smarter than you're thinking. Yeah. He is. 
I like how the comics, like this had, um, you know, consequences throughout the DC universe. And I remember that it sort of affected the relationship that Young Justice had with Robin because they sort of took it out on him as well and wondered. Well, at that time, yeah. they didn't know his identity. And they also wondered, like, hey, number one, you don't trust us enough to uh, tell us your secret ID. But do you also have plans on us? And so that was great. I think that it filtered through and it, it carried across the, the DCU that, like, the Bat members um, may be shady characters and we can't trust them. That was a nice moment. Superman saying, take them down. <laughs> Titans, go! I think that, like, in the I can understand being, like, really annoyed that Batman, Bam. you know, can take you out. But at the end of the day, because they are so... Like, the Flash had, should have no problem because he's the fastest thing alive. Like Sonic. But, um, yeah, Sonic I, I would have... Th- yeah, I'm about to leave the room. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think that in the end of the day, they were a little too... Like a better phrase, butt hurt that he had these plans to really see that. I also think that's a, big, a good idea, but um, it made for a good storyline in the comics when they did kick him out. Mm-hmm. Well, they, I, know, I think they, I think Superman was the last vote, and he didn't find out what he voted on, and Batman had left before then. And in the comics, it, like at that time in the post crisis Justice League, they didn't know Superman or Batman's identities, so they revealed their identities to get him back into as a form of trust. Oh dear! This just female—it's like a yeah, a terrible female character. Like they all are. It broke my heart, and now like hell hath no fury, like a woman scorned. That's another day at the office. That was a nice move. Bam! He broke like the vampires on Twilight. Oh, that. We are promoting a lot of crap on this on this commentary. <laughs> <laughs> and I do mean crap. <laughs> I, I I hope Stell's getting paid. For <laughs> oh gosh, I do I that sh- all the time though. Like all these movies, I drop. But you you said bear. Yeah, so you're not you know innocent. Of this. I like that she's got um, hand protection. Kind of like gloves that you use either when you're riding bikes or weightlifting. And then she's got, like, the feet, which is great. So she's not, like, completely animalistic. Like, uh, well, currently in the comics they have her just, like, completely nude and, like, more cheetah than, than woman. I thought it was always weird, though, that, like, she's wearing something to protect the arch of her feet. But those aren't the ones that you use when you're walking and kicking and stuff. It's true. But whatever. This is like Ben 10, isn't it? Don't they turn into monsters? I, yeah, I love Ben 10. Starro. That yeah, which would be the main villain that would be able to turn the Justice League into like mindless beings. This mask for Bane looks a lot more like a Luchador mask. That people say like, oh, he wears a Luchador mask. Like in the comics, I don't think that, I don't really make that connection. But here it's like you know with the, it's almost like the skull thing with like the the thing on the mouth. It looks more overtly Hispanic, which is obviously bad, despite the fact the character is Hispanic. Well, bam. <laughs> what if we kick so much ass in this thing? So I'm saying, totally respect. Gotta respect Wonder Woman after these movies. Especially since you won't be seeing her for a while <laughs> in these animated movies. Apparently not. Ooh. Dude. Yeah, this this Wonder Woman like like is a brawler. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. 
He switched dance partners with Superman. Uh-oh. Poor Batman. Kind of reminds me of a, a mystery of the Batwoman where Bane beat the crap out of him at the end of that movie. He just Batman. needs Robin to come and help him out. He threw Robin at him and he, and he won. He's at the Teen Titans Tower. Does he get, yeah, stabbed in behind? Yeah. So always. this also reminds me of Crisis on Two Earths because, like, there's a lot with, like, a timer going down and fighting over that and trying to prevent that whole thing from going down. So it's very reminiscent. I might watch it after Except, this. That movie's so good. I think it was Owlman. And that's... <laughs> Sparta Kick. This is savage. This reminds me of uh, X-Men 3 with Multiple Man. Oh, yeah. I want to turn it back to DC. Uh, well, that episode of Justice League where uh, he fought um, Luminous. There's all those, all those different Luminouses the Flash yeah. did. Lumini. The technical plural term. <laughs> that was nice. Fine, thanks. Is, this feels more like a, a typical superhero thing. It's it's good, but like with equips and stuff, it feels a lot more classic. Which is why I think I, I'm I'm not sure how a lot of people feel about this. I like it, but like it's not. I think I, after under under the red hood, which people loved, people were expecting that that to be that kind of quality all the time. So I think I, I think this is solid, but I think that like I'm not sure how people feel that this wasn't as dark or as intense or something. Do you remember in Teen Titans where? <laughs> like he left his hand in the Titan's Tower. Cyborg. Yeah, Cyborg's freaky because he had all of his body parts just rumbling around. Yeah, when the Academy was like rooming there. Oh, high five. Yep. Roost. But he's like giving that back. Well, bam! Remote control battering from Arkham Asylum. Is that, is, I don't is that know. blood or venom? It's venom, but it looks like blood. It's a very okay. interesting choice to make. Because uh, I, I normally think of it as green, and I feel like it has yeah. been shown as green in the past. In The Dark Knight Rises, when I saw it for the third time with my dad, and Batman breaks his mask, and Bane starts flipping out, my dad was like, oh, is he shrieking? <laughs> I was like, I'm proud of you, Dad, but no. What do you think that tooth is? Is that like the first shark he killed with his bare hands? The tooth of his first wife? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as familiar with Ben Savage's comics as I am with the animated show. <laughs> I agree. Oh. This Superman's awesome. He's like, no, I'm finishing this right now and just blast his head off. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the realities. And that's how Superman is in most situations. Like, he, why wouldn't he be able to just end whatever he's taking care of right then and there? That's what makes him not want... That's what makes people not want to screw with him. <laughs> Cat's cradle. I like uh, GL's uh, constructs in this movie. They're pretty inventive. I don't watch the Green Lantern anime series. Does he do this a lot? 
I I've only watched a couple episodes, and there's not as many constructs as you would you no. would think in a. Well, that's a missed opportunity. Whoa, symbolism. It's so bizarre. I just thought it was a ring. That's what I was like. Now look, she looks exactly like that same person Whoa! again. I have no idea what to say about that. So did Hell Jordan freak out because... He killed her. Yeah. He killed her. I would think so. So then when it turned out it wasn't her because she turned into Star Sapphire, why didn't he just think to himself, wait, maybe that's not right? Well, I've asked why didn't they think it was wrong all the time. I mean, he just got it. <laughs> oh, that's it. from Robotech. The crazy missiles. Awesome. Just accept that Witness Protection was doing its job, Josh. Yeah. Well, Josh isn't here, so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I'm getting deja vu. <laughs> uh. There's a line coming up later on between Superman and Batman, which which I think is amazing. This is one of those situations and stories where, like, you know, it's an either it's a it's a two two way street in terms of like the outcome. Either something happens or it doesn't. And I think that like uh, those kind of situations kind of really rob a lot of tension because you can kind of imagine different different scenarios. Either they all die or they all don't. Now, I'm not saying that this is actually Uh-oh. bad, but, like, I think that, like, uh, oh, yeah, I remember this. I'll shut up now. Ideally, Superman should be really powerful right now. I was going to say, yeah, because it is proximity to the sun. Oh, and here come all the green lanterns. <laughs> They're all getting roasted. Superman's like, go, 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 go. It's like the Phoenix Force coming to Earth. I was thinking of like a Galactus and uh, oh, the second, true. That's a movie. Call your brethren, Hal. Hey, uh, John, Guy, Kyle. I'm having a bit of a situation here. The planet might chip. Chip. A chip. At least he gets a fight scene. Oh. Does she hang him? I don't know if that's considered a <laughs> Well, he got beat up. It was f- one-sided. One-sided. F- Why did blood? Oh. Is it? Is it? Was it not much blood? Not much? Not yeah. But I feel like there shouldn't have been any. I love this, I love this line coming up about moving the planet. I love that they refer to each other in their, in their real names. I always like when they do that, like, like in a situation, but not in front of the villains. That's stupid. Ooh. I think they would make a lot of money if they made more like, of the, this kind of Justice League movies with this team. This is a pretty, like, you know, these, these like big adventures. I mean, they'd probably be hard to do, but like, I love this line. <laughs> That's not, y'all, y'all, y'all know what that's referencing, right? The first Superman movie? Yeah. Yeah. I guess only I found it funny. I get to, have we talked about Batman and his short ears? Uh, not nearly enough. Well, <laughs> I just wonder what your thoughts are on them. Uh, were they short? I don't remember in uh, Two Earths. Yeah, that they, they were. I'm more of a fan of the longer yeah. ears. Not the super long, but like like the long, medium length ears. Yeah. But uh, I personally like the smaller ears. Do you think it shows that like it, it's the beginning, like hit earlier in his career, if they're if they're shorter? 
Well, ironically, when he first appeared, his ears were like the longest long they've ever been. Like they're big horns, but uh, I know what you mean. Like later on in the Silver Age, they were really short. It wasn't until like I think the Bronze Age where they got longer. Um, I don't think that's that's what they're doing here. That's just a design choice. Like Jim Lee draws them really really small, but I like Jim Lee's Batman. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of Super Friends. Meanwhile, kind of. This is yeah, but they got rid of the Darth Vader, <laughs> which is why this is not as good. <laughs> oh, working side by side. They should have muscled uh, Star Sapphire to to help save them. Yeah, it's true. With our combined powers. And so, with the help of all the members of the Justice League, with the power of science, they save the planet. (laughs) What is Barry doing besides running around? Picking his teeth. This doesn't bother me, but from a realistic standpoint, I don't buy that thing would come to Earth in eight minutes. Maybe a couple, maybe several hours, but whatever. They need a threat. There was a solar flare in Smallville, too. It knocked Clark's powers all out of whack. And he threw a tractor. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen those early seasons. Uh-oh. Phoenix Force gotten. He is now the evil Phoenix. <laughs> Shut up, Cyborg. Let me press this button. That kind of reminds me of Spider-Man, because whenever he goes and visits Kurt Connors, Kurt, Dr. Connors is like, we should test this first before you use it. No, no, no. There's no time. And then Spider-Man races off. Or Mariah Crawford in the 90s show. He ends up with more, several arms. Oh, wow. The listeners, okay, listeners, I know Stella and I are big Spider-Man fans. Every time you Spider-Man, take a drink of whatever you like. Water, vodka, what have you. Just on this episode or on all the comic casts? Every time they, they hear an episode that starts off with, this is Don, this is Stella, to, like, get ready for some Spider-Man references, which I'm surprised Dustin doesn't cut out because he he, I know he doesn't like them. But they fit, though. I mean, if they were irrelevant, I would not bring them up, but there are some that just have I to agree. be said. What they really should drink is all the Marvel references. Just, uh, Stella reads more Marvel than I do. Oh, I've only, yeah. I don't think I've made too many. I mean, maybe some X-Men stuff. And so, with the day saved, Batman is therefore fired from the Justice League. The end. The thumbs up. He's just a little bruised up there. Let Star Sapphire kiss it and make it all better. There's some dirt from outer space, as everyone knows. I like the design of that watchtower. I think it's pretty cool. It's the same one from Two Earths. Okay. Uh oh. Would you believe it? Whoa. I guess there's no chance that he'll die in prison. Whoa. I'm sure he'll escape. Just in time for the new 52. But where's the Aquaman? I won't let you down, I promise. Oh, gosh. No, as we're hearing somebody, we have we're, we're out of room, so uh, Batman bye. Dick. 
So there for him. I have nothing to say. And again, and again, and again. Whoa. <laughs> we are dangerous. I really, I really, honestly, I mean, he might come off as dirt, but I really think he's right in this. I agree. I mean, it's just like, it, well, it's pretty much just like, um, they, they, this has been done numerous different, um, numerous different comic series and companies, but, you know, the reality is, if there really was superheroes on the planet, there should be some sort of government organization to somewhat, somehow, you know, have a, you know, a counter Contingency plan. Yeah, contingency plan. Now, this is a reference to, uh... Uh, post-crisis, when Batman and Superman like were not as friendly uh, first off, when they started to trust each other, Superman gave Batman a piece of kryptonite because he said, you know, well, Lois will never do it, but I know you will because you're a jerk. And like that was a big sign of trust between the two and that, w- that would set up their friendship. So that's what this is referencing here, which is nice. Because it wasn't in the original series that had happened afterward. I think all the girls are leaving the room and all the guys are snoring right now. Why? That is nerded out hardcore. Oh. And here's like, yeah. yeah. Th- that's, that, that's right out of the comics. He's like, well, little do you know, I already have a vault full of every color <laughs> kryptonite that's available. Blue, gray, silver. You what? And the yeah, pink I mean, one. Me and, me and Luther are, are trading in, like, Pokemon cards. <laughs> <laughs> Beat me down, Alfred. I like the fact that Superman and Batman are still on good terms at the end of this movie. I, th- I thought that was a nice touch. I really like their relationship, and I think that, like... I don't think it's been explored in the New 52 yet, has it? Batman and Superman? No. No, but supposedly it will be coming up very soon. Okay, they'll, they'll probably, like hate each other again because that's never been done before <laughs> memory of Dwayne McDuffie nice yeah god rest major respect to that man alright so our overall thoughts of the movie I'm going to start off by saying like I said earlier I like this movie it's it's an interesting twist on the original Tower of Babel storyline but at the same time, they had to twist it in order for it to work, not only in film and animation form, but also the fact, the time of when this came out. So this came out in early 2012, which was after the New 52. So obviously we saw the references, or well not references, but we saw the inclusion of Cyborg, but also Hal Jordan and Barry Allen are present within the Justice League, because ultimately they're trying to get across that this is the... Justice League that they want to stick with, at least as long as this New 52 stuff lasts. So ultimately, I liked it. It was it, I think Dwayne McDuffie did a great job of twisting this to make it work for a film. And I think that the overall, if you don't even compare it to the actual comics, I think the film works very well within the constraints of all of the other animation projects that have been created as well. This is a lot like the Superman Doomsday movie in that, like, the idea came from the comics, but it's basically different. So I don't, at least where I'm concerned, I don't really compare it to the comics as much as I did with Dark Knight Returns, where that was a straight-up adaptation. 
I think that the story in itself is fine. It's a fun Justice League adventure. Like, if you're a fan of the, uh, the Justice League animated series, this is a lot like that. I like this movie. It's not, it really is one of my favorites, but it's fun. I, I had a fun watching it just now. I said, you know, if you have some time to kill, mm-hmm. all the voice actors do a fine job. You have Kevin Conroy back. You have Tim Daly. You have like, the iconic characters by and large. You know, I think that the way they write the traps are, are interesting, uh, most, except for Green Lantern. And there aren't really a big big things that like really made me dislike it. I mean, I don't I don't love this movie, but I still I'm favorable. I mean, this is a, a straight two thumbs up. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. I don't know what to say. You know, the mark of a good movie for me for these anime series are ones that you know I watch it the first time and I immediately want to watch it again. And this was one of those for me. It just it got me right away. I enjoyed you know the action. The acting was great. The traps were good, except, you know, some of them were, like, stretched a little bit. The, the one, like, Green Lantern, now that I've watched, you know, this movie multiple times, does seem like the most contrived. I remember the first time I watched it, I, I, the, the Flash one was a bit of a head-scratcher for me because it happened so fast. I'm like, wait, I don't understand what just happened. But, yeah, the traps are good. I, I love the villains that they pick, just the fact that we've got the Justice League, and then basically we have, like, the evil Justice League, and they really are the polar opposites of their characters. So I think that they picked well, and the music adds to everything. I think that you could watch this as a standalone, which it certainly does stand alone, or, you know, as Don said, you know, if you do have that back knowledge, then I think that adds a little something as well, you know, watching either the Justice League, if you know the comics and everything else. And I know that there are people out there that... You know, just like if you read a book and then you go to see that movie, you're you're constantly sort of comparing the book to the movie. And for me, that sort of frustrates me when the movie doesn't really hold up to the particular book. And I read uh, Tower of Babel, and no, it doesn't. I mean, it's different, right? But that didn't make me frustrated or anything because I sort of see them as, yes, they're related. But this one is, you know, just adapted in a great way, I think. So even if you are a fan of the comic, then I think that you'll still enjoy this so I, I give this two thumbs up as well alright so overall I'm going to give this a total of four out of five batterings agreed four out of five batterings from me hmm that's a tough one I think that I will give it 4.5 out of five batterings alright so Justice League Doom gets a total of four out of five batterings from the Batman Universe commentaries. Alright, so that's everything. Be sure to check out our other commentaries that we have on the feeds, as well as all of our other podcasts that are available on the website, as well as obviously the website, thebatmanuniverse.net for all the latest Batman news. This is Dustin. This is Donovan. And it's Stella. You've been listening to the Batman Universe commentaries. We'll see you guys next time. Make mine Marvel. (laughs) Oh, Rick.